Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm Brian Rawlings. And I'm Jay Voorhees. And we're here for episode four of the BNA podcast. BNA for Barry Nashville? Barry Nashville. Nashville which is Field. our that is our airport code. Now the reason that the our podcast is called the BNA podcast is really quite simple. The Nashville podcast was taken. Yeah, well, yeah. So the the URL wasn't available, so we're going with the BNA podcast, and it's kind of hip to know that if you travel, if you're worldly, you of course know what BNA is. That's right. And I, you know, when you look at we can do like a thing exactly. If you're a luggage tag guy, you know what we're talking about, and like uh, like you know LGA. I do. See, yeah. See, we know these different ones, and it's like that's what you do. You talk. We speak. In airport codes. Yeah. So, hey, this week on the uh, BNA podcast, there are a couple of things that have come up. Some, some of them are just absurd, funny, odd, as is Nashville. I will say this. I have been not going into town yes. since March. Right. We're now in the middle of October. I've gone into town now. Mm-hmm. And whilst in town, I noticed that there are even more cranes than... And I'm talking total number of cranes. There are there is more construction going on in Nashville now than there was in March. No, um, there there definitely is. I mean, it's fairly which, shocking. Which makes sense when you look at one of the largest uh, zones of spreading the disease has been uh, of spreading COVID has been at construction sites. Correct. Right. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's you know, well as you know, they're doing development behind my house. Yeah, it's and amazing. they started like the day of the pandemic. It was kind of the worst. Yeah, it was like a March a, launch. Yeah, yeah, it was, and they've been going like crazy. Well, you know, the nice thing about that development next to your house is now you don't have to be bothered by deer, wild birds, all of those lovely you know, things that we the loved. neighbors' peacocks. I've I've only found one advantage to it is that the two-story townhomes that are now going to be 20 feet from my backyard uh, do block the main highway. So that's cool. Right. Maybe you'll get some noise reduction. Yeah. As long as they're not Airbnbs. Because we get all the sirens going to the nursing home across the street. Oh, yeah, that's true. You get all those. And, and of course, <laughs> you get, and the weekly dramatic car accident. Yeah. Well, we have the we have the most dramatic car accidents in Y'all Old Hickory. You need to come to Old Hickory. It's a really cool. It place. is like honestly, you know, people think that we're out in the sticks. The fact is, we've got our own quasi NASCAR going on on Robinson Road right around the corner and, here. And when we get done, we need to talk about the increase in the train that's coming through. Okay, this is funny you mentioned this because you can see the train from your house. I, I cannot, can. but I was my neighbor Caddy Corner from me over here. She's a lovely lady that helps us with our dog and things when we're out of town. She called yesterday, and uh, she had a flat tire. Mm -hmm. So my friend and I jumped in my car and went over to help her with her flat tire. We determined that maybe a fix a flat was the right way to go. I jumped in my car to drive to the new Mapco. We have a brand new, expansive Mapco in Old Hickory. It's the best restaurant in Old Hickory right now. Until until the rollers for the hot dogs get old, it will be the best restaurant in Old Hickory. So the... um, I went over there, but I got stopped by the train. Right. And I immediately noticed that it was substantially longer than normal. 32 cars, I counted. Oh, wow. I'm a counter. We need, since we're talking about this, we need to let folks know. We have a train that is just, we're a spur that goes out to um, industrial complex we have. It's like three miles long, the spur, right? Yeah, spur. And it's usually, um, the train comes through couple times a week to drop off a couple of box cars or stuff or they seem to be um like 
not liquid, but like granules, I suspect. They are cookies. You know, they're the ones that have that. Yeah, yeah and they have the, the, I don't know, they got a name for those things. Well, I don't know, but it's still plastic. Not the plastic things, but the, the yeah. kind of cars that The hopper have. cars. Hopper, that's, that's, that's it. it. That's what we're looking for. And so, uh, so they normally came out two, maybe three times a week uh, with five or ten cars. And so now they're coming like every day. Yeah. So they've kind of, I mean, they've evidently kicked up production over there. I think they have. You know, we make evidently like an enormous percentage of the country's dryer sheets. We do. We make the fabric for the dryer sheets. The fabric for the dryer sheets, excuse Um, me. So I I wonder, this is just speculation, but uh, the shortage of wipes, of disinfecting wipes, I wonder if they can use that paper. Mm, Maybe the same kind of thing. Who knows? Okay, let's talk about Nashville. Well, that is Nashville. It's well, just northeast Nashville, but yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start in on my uh, pet peeve or my pet concern. Um, it, we've gotten in the headlines recently about this big religious gathering <laughs> that happened down on the courthouse steps, uh, led by a fellow California, a Californian. Yes. Yeah, since you're from out there, I'll, I'll put him on you. I forgot his name. Uh, it's Sean, and I'm not going to say his last name because I always mispronounce it. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll uh, It's probably not. Sean the crowd guy. Sean with r- big, long, wavy hair. Yeah, he has very 80s hair. Very 80s hair. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, and he came down and he did a worship protest. Uh, of course, yeah. didn't ask to comply with any of the regulations that we have for that. But that really brought up a bigger question for me, which is the more I think about it, lately some of the things that have gotten us in the headlines have all been about folks that are not from here but are coming to here for various purposes. We had the the fashion house we like have party. Like, yeah, we have like know. battered city syndrome anyway. Well, well, right. And so it's... It, as I was thinking about it in the shower this morning, it just occurred to me is it TMI. it's like do yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it, it occurred to me the question is, do we really, really want Nashville to be Las Vegas? Right. Because, you know, my experience of Las Vegas, I used to go out there for con- conventions all the time. And yes, there were people that worked in the service industry that lived there, and there were gamblers that lived there, but nobody really uh, you know, that that whole city existed to serve people that don't live there. Right. Um, and it's feeling more and more like uh, the problems or some of the problems we're facing in our city, particularly in the wake of this pandemic, have been initiated by people that don't have to live here. They're not accountable here. They're, um, you know, whether it's the tourists on Lower Broadway or whether it's the 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 folks coming in from out of town to do this big fashion thing that was wrong, or now this religious thing. The, the, what I heard, there was a local pastor that was sort of organizing with this guy from California. Right, so there was an East Nashville East Church Nashville. Fellowship of some sort that yeah. was... Kind playing of along the sponsor yeah right doing the, um, the facebook ads exactly but they um they were shocked at how many people came and the which we have I, to admit is exactly what we would say if we thought we were going to get arrested based on a head count exactly so just, you know but we were um what a lot of folks are saying uh, now Again, I can't prove this, but the general thought was that they were they were really seeing a lot of people coming in from out of state 
to Nashville uh, for this. I'm and, sure certainly from out of town. Yeah. Uh, I drove down there. I was. I drove by. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just knew there was a gathering going on there. I didn't know that it was uh, endorsed by anyone or not endorsed by anyone or anything else. I, did, I knew nothing. But it seemed... Uh, Really, almost instantly when you drove by, it was like, oh, this doesn't seem like a good idea because nobody was wearing a mask. Right. Which has become the definition of Christianity, of evangelical Christianity, is that... Uh, yeah, please put is, that in there. Is that we don't wear masks. And uh, I was I was talking to someone this week, that um, a friend that is a uh, pastor of geriatrics mm-hmm. and, a, and a, an Episcopal fellowship. Right. And uh, he said that there are 13,000 mentions in the Bible... Of, of empathy, helping the poor, uh, right. blah 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 blah, you know, and like nine times in the Bible where it talks about, I, I think in the case we were talking about like homosexuality, where you could interpret it in modern right. language as being about that, which was of course at the time a very different problem. Well, um, yeah. So, but the so it's like when I look at this stuff, the reason I bring it up because you're a pastor, so you have to behave, and I don't. Um, and it's the thing is that this was to me a classic example of the bastardization of the evangelical message. You go like, look, let first of all, they came down here, and it was called the protest was about let us worship, right. Which you is, can, of course, perfectly in legal in Nashville. He, he also said he was Tennessee. bringing Jesus to Nashville. And he was, was bringing the say, Jesus, yeah, right. Now, I'd like to think that Jesus is around probably somewhere. Probably been here. I, and I guarantee you the Southern Baptists who have been based here for, I don't know, 150 years probably think he's been around too. Exactly. Uh, the, and then the uh, United Methodist Church that yes. is based here probably suspects there's we, been we, some Jesus we over here. We believe that Belmont, Christ is around. David yeah. Lipscomb. Yeah. Um, we can go. There's 11... Uh, church-based universities in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm sure they all think Jesus has stopped by. Yeah, yeah, we we hold yeah. to that. You know, I could unpack the theological concerns in this, uh, <laughs> where really what I want to do is just scream. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what I do think that um, this is reflective of it. I, I I read an article by David Brooks this morning, and sometimes I like David Brooks, and sometimes I don't, but. This one really was looking at some studies that have been done um, about sort of progressivism in the, in the country or moving forward or the, increasing the standard of living and all that kind of stuff. And when it started to decrease, um, and one of the things that's connected to that is a, a movement from sort of a, a common understanding, a communal understanding that we're all part of a society, that we all have responsibility for one another at some level or whatever, to sort of a radical individualism. Right. And that's true on both the left and the right. That is the right, the right wing. I've always talked about, you know, it's a, the, the Dave Ramsey example, you know, it's my money, it's nobody right, right, else's. Right. And then, uh, you know, on the left, it's more about social issues and, you know, nobody's going to tell me what I can do with my body and all those kinds right, of things. Right, right. And the, but the problem is, is that everybody's sort of functioning individualistically, and in the evangelical church, their theology has been individualistic. It's about just me and Jesus. It's about right. Jesus <laughs> as my personal yeah. savior. Right. I, I don't quite fully understand what that means. It's, I, I have a personal valet. Does that mean Jesus is only available for me? Only available for me. Only available. So, I have. so it's, it's a strong, strong sort of individualistic streak within that culture, uh, which 
buys into this. Well, nobody's going to tell us we can't worship. We, nobody's right. going to tell and, us we can't kill ourselves. Right, and nobody can tell us to wear a mask, and nobody can tell me to put on my seatbelt. Nobody can tell me. Oh, the other ones, I always joke about this one, though. It's just like all of those people that were down there protesting. By the way, protesting something that's perfectly legal and open and has been for Trust weeks me, and weeks. the mayor would have not done anything. No, this was not going to be a thing, right? I mean, they... Had they applied for a permit, probably would have gotten it. And then later said, we had no idea so many people were coming, which, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I don't think, I do believe that somebody that comes from out of state and creates um, a potentially dangerous environment in our city does have a price to pay. And it's like, I'm a huge believer in the First Amendment. I think we should all be able to say absolutely anything we want. I don't like cancel culture. I don't like this idea that if you accidentally say a word that has, in my lifetime, gone from being a perfectly acceptable word to a, a some horrible mm-hmm. thing to say that you that the rest of your life should then be erased from the globe no, and granted. you know we should never speak their name. All that silliness is silliness, and it's childish, and it's back to selfishness. It's all mm-hmm. that me 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 crap. Uh, which, when I look at this, if you're going to come into town and you're going to throw a big yeehaw, um, all right, there should be some penalty for that. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think they're going. I don't think there's going to be one. Um, but it, but it creates, you know, it creates all sorts of narratives that are, are really difficult to deal with. It's, you know, again, one of the, uh, the whole thing about closing the bars down on Lower Broadway. You know, it was, um, it made sense because they were packed. Right. And people weren't observing the, the regulations that we had and the numbers were going up and we had to do something. And, you know, later on, somebody found some stuff in contact tracing from the health department that said, whoa, there really weren't that many cases from lower broad, not as many as they were telling us. <laughs> right. And and my deal is, yeah, they're not going to show up on our statistics. They're in Alabama and St. North Louis, Carolina. And they're St. back Louis, in Cincinnati. You know, and they're back. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, the fact is, is we had all of these folks coming in from out of town to party. And and so what's happening, it seems to me, and and the, the gathering at the courthouse was just sort of the evangelical Christian version of party. Um, is that folks are saying, oh, Nashville's the party city. That's where, and that's exactly what Las Vegas has been. Absolutely. You and know. it's like, you know, everybody's been worried about us becoming Atlanta for yeah. all this time, you know, and it I, turns out the danger was farther west. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with that. I think, and, and much like Nashville, when you leave the strip in, in Las Vegas uh, and you go five miles or even three miles in any direction. Right. You get to just a regular neighborhood where the postman lives, right? Right. And I say that because my great uncle, Dewey, was a postman in Las Vegas. And I remember when I was a kid, I wasn't a kid, I was a teenager. We went out there to see him and visit. And he had not been to the Las Vegas Strip in, I think he said twice since he had, they'd been there about 10 years. And he'd he'd been twice. And that was, of course, when somebody came from out of town. We all know that feeling. Right. The only time any of us go to Broadway, I got a friend here from out of town. Exactly. They want to go. And it's like, okay. So I agree with that. I think that it's, uh, there's more danger involved in it than just that. But I do think that there's a price to be paid. The reality is that whether it was the this thing or the fashion house party, or if it's the ongoing thing, it's like, you know, this is the United States. We've always had a dependable way. Mm-hmm. to balance things out. Right. So we go to Steve Smith, who owns a bunch of bars on Broadway, uh, and say, cool. Right. 
we're going to have to charge you an enormous amount of money to do that because we're going to have to have extra police. We have to do contact tracing. We're going right. to have to do testing. And all these things are going to fall back on the citizens. So for you, we're going to raise your prices, your property taxes, right. take blah, 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 whatever. I mean, just charge them $100,000 a month to do right. it and see if they still want to do it. And, that's and they might. probably one night to beer for him. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It is nothing. Even now. Yeah. You know, if you drive through downtown, it's it's very busy down there. But it was, it was an interesting thing. It brought up lots of interesting, weird dilemmas and dichotomies because it was a religious thing clearly protected by the first amendment um, but the reality is the first amendment allows me to say whatever i want to say but it does not protect me from the penalty that i may create by saying it exactly right so i can you know we always say you can yell fire in a theater yeah <laughs> right. that's still protected by the first amendment yeah and i know i'm an old curmudgeon now but um you know i'm kind of like you know it, this is a place where people live. There, we are a city that has lots of issues. We have a city that has problems, but it's a place where people actually come to live. It's not a place you just come visit to party. Correct. And it's and, not a theme park after all. And while it, you know, I get it. It's generating income downtown that not that, that the rest of the city isn't seeing. But we've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the reality is is that it also puts us at risk it puts sure. the people that live here at risk and so folks if you want to come visit nashville that's your prerogative but just remember to kind of be responsible because some of us live here right some of us have to and and you know you think about all the kids that are going to school and uh you got kids back in school now our our super spreaders now in tennessee are kids uh, school-age kids. Although the contact tracing seems to show that it's not happening at school. It's happening in, in family gatherings. <laughs> it's happening in family gatherings, uh, volleyball tournament, a handful of things. Sports, so, but bands. the most important thing is there's just not any reason for rational, thoughtful people not to wear a mask and give them a little distance between one another. Um, and, you know, the best way to do it, by the way, is simply stop wearing deodorant. And uh, people will generally give you about six feet of space and your mask will help you get through the day as well. Are you going to share that advice with the president before he comes for uh, the debate? Yeah, I was going to say the ultimate super spreader is coming next week. (laughs) (laughs) The king of all super spreaders. Yeah, it's going to be, that'll be a fun one to record. I can't wait to see that afterwards because um, it's, I don't know, it's fascinating news. Now, the other thing that goes on because people come here and cause our police, fire, and emergency personnel to have to do all kinds of extra work, the... um, well, we have a uh, property tax increase. Exactly. So I got my bill this week. Yes. Uh, I didn't know How that I'd gotten my bill this week because it goes to my mortgage company. But right. I looked it up online because uh, we talked about it a week before last. And I was like, huh. So what has largely been heralded as a 34% tax increase um, has landed at 37.5% at my house and at Jay's house because we looked at both. Because um, we're in the um, general services district, right? Which oh. means no, we're in the yes, yeah, we're, in we're in general, in general services, services district. Should have been less. Ours should have been less, and it may be just wrong. Yeah, which is a thing in Nashville that you have to do, so you have to constantly check it. But everybody lives in fear because if you call and say it's wrong, we also live in a city where property values are being up by eight to ten percent per year. You could end up saying, "Oh yes, we should reconsider your property tax bill," and then they'll reassess you and you know right. lower the rate and raise the cost. Right. Uh, I will say this: I did a little research. I brought up the. These are all public records, by the way. So if you would like to go look at my property tax bill, you can. Um, in 2012, 
the property taxes on this house were $2,021. This year, after the increase of 37.5%, I'm now at 2,267. Yeah. Mine in 2012 was just a little over a thousand and it's going to be 1100 11 1139 so we're really up 10 percent over eight years exactly and again folks don't understand part of how that works and we this is what we've been talking about and this is what the mayor's been trying to talk about with the property and by the way my rate was higher yeah yeah no well that's right the rate was higher back then yeah and then what happened was in 2012 they did a reassessment they have to do that every 10 years got it and they reassess the property to to adjust the values but there's a state law that says when they reassess that property they have to reduce the rate so that it's revenue neutral and so what's always happened in the history of Nashville forever and ever and ever was they do a reassessment, the state requires them to reduce the rate, and then they pass a pop- property tax increase. That's kind <laughs> of, that they, they basically up the rate to what it was before. Because the whole idea behind, behind this reassessment thing is your property value goes up, you are responsible for paying more taxes on it. That's just the way... It, you know, it, and that's and, what you mean, like with everything. Exactly, I got it. And the and the city, <laughs> you know, the, in order for the city to benefit by all of this wonderful um, increase in property value that we have, they have to adjust the rate to do that. <laughs> and if they uh. don't, well, then you go backwards. So you think about it. That happened in 2012. We've been underpaying, really, based off of what past practice the difference between 2011 2012 so for me um uh, 2011 was uh, the the property tax was 896 in 2012 it went up to 1017 basically just a little over a thousand a thousand seventeen dollars that's because of the the rating that's because of the property tax reassessment got it and so i was if you think about it based off of what the property was worth, I was paying 10 or 15 bucks a month. Um, I was being underpaying yeah. 10 or 15 bucks a month for what the properties were. Yeah, so, we do have to, you know, it's like uh, Republicans love to frame things and conservatives. And and in, by the way, just for anybody else listening, in, in Tennessee, conservative means everyone and Republican and Democrat have only to do with who you're willing to shoot. Pretty much. So the so the deal is that here everybody is so hyper conservative. You will never. There's, it's like unless you've moved here in the last ten years. Trust me. So raising taxes by cents. I mean, this is really small. Yeah. I mean, considering what we're doing in this city and what we need to do in this For city. For me, it's going to be 25 bucks a month. Right. Mine's 50 bucks a month. I have lots of kids, so I have a bigger house. Yeah. The, uh, but I, the, well, you live in the frou-frou. I live so. in the frou-frou part of town, yeah. but the, uh, or the, of our neighborhood. Of our neighborhood. The, it's really funny. Uh, the, these houses over here, it's like uh, they're 100-year-old-ish houses that were built by DuPont uh, between 1900 and 1929. And... They're really cool. We're sitting on what would have been the front porch that's on the side of one of them even now. Um, But to think of what their values are right now and what they 
probably are actually worth is yeah. is we're all kind of just like we whisper about it like yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty great so that being the case when you move here from a state where the average is four or five six hundred dollars a month in property taxes and I come here and I'm paying about a hundred and twenty dollars a month in property taxes or 110 something like that um, and that's you know like I said that's gone up 37 and a half percent so I've been really stealing it for a while right. Uh, it's it's a great it's a great city for the price. Let's put it that way. We have a, it's an excellent value. But the downside of that is if you don't pay, you don't get services. We also have incredibly bad. Well, we don't have any trash pickup out here, but the um, the trash pickup in town is bad in general. Yeah, they just renegotiated before, that yeah. thing, and now they have. Um, I just had a conversation by the way this week, and I included our council person Larry mm-hmm. Hagar. Um, we have um, street cleaner right that comes through the village. Yeah, that the, that was back when the utility district existed. Got they it. had that contract. All right, so the contract evidently still exists because they were just here. Right. But uh, we live, as I said, in a 100-year-old village that has, I don't know, maybe 10% of the properties have a driveway yeah, over if, here in the village. If, yeah, maybe. If that. Everyone parks on the street. Right. And um, once every week or so at 8.15 in the morning... It's kind of a creative enclave out here, too. A lot of right. people don't work day jobs. Uh, by the way, there's also evidently some sort of a pandemic going on. For those of us that never leave the house anyway, right. who could tell? Yeah. But the I sat here and I watched it yet again after all these years go down the middle of our street, right. unable to touch any of the actual stuff, actual stuff the, that yeah. you're supposed to pick up. And, then, and most of the streets are that way. Right. Um, you know, I always say these are the things that make people hate the government. Right. Yes, we understand that they overspend at the federal level on the defense department and people don't like other things. The real thing is, why can't we get rid of the damn street sweeper since it can't sweep the street? Did you get an answer? Uh, I got a great answer. What? The council person replied to me and said, well, I never heard anybody complain about it before, which would be fine, except I complained about it last year to the council person. I dare say this is one of those things. This is the hard part with uh, government and it in general. So Old Hickory, our neighborhood, used to be under what was called a utility district where it provided water services and ran the community center. And it goes back when we were an independent little town and they wanted to keep some uh, power for themselves and control over the community. And a, a few years back, the um, Old Hickory Utility the well, old Hickory right. Utility District decided, you know, this is too much work. We don't want to do this well, anymore. To, to be fair, they bankrupted it. Well, that, there's yeah. that too. But, but, <laughs> but via bad management, via, they, via bankrupted bad, they bankrupted our little, our quaint little organization. Well, and there were a whole bunch of infrastructure things they were yeah. going to have to do, and they didn't want to pay for it, and they couldn't afford to pay for it. Yeah, $2 million worth and of water so treatment for 2,000 people. And said, here you go, <laughs> because yeah. that's, in, again, another provision of state law. So I dare say what happened is this contract was part of that merger or that handing over right? because they had wanted to make sure Hadley Avenue, the main drag, was always kept clean. And um, and what happened is that contract probably got put on Metro Water, and nobody in Metro Waters ever looked to say, why do we have a street cleaning contract out here? Yeah, it's and, a little bit like, uh, I have things that show up on my credit card each month from right. Google. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they are. Uh, yeah, it's been about a year now on one of them. Yeah, well, that's I haven't that's, been able to track it down. Uh, it's hard. I'm to afraid track. to turn it, it off. Yeah, I know. 
I know it's a little bit. What hard. if it's the one thing I use? I, I discovered that on my on my phone bill. You know, the <laughs> it's part of the family plan we have now. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to get my ex-wife off the family plan, but we're I know it's the weirdest it's thing. Really they can stay on your uh, retirement for the rest of your life, but it's really hard to get them off the phone plan. <laughs> exactly. Weirdest things that they're glued to. Yeah. Uh, so all of that. All of that's <laughs> to say that uh, I like my ex-wife. For the record, I'm gonna go say that oh yeah so, I, I talked to your ex-wife last week yeah, i like her too as yeah, you know that's it absolutely um although i have to say the church that my ex-wife is a pastor like i am and she's now serving the church that i served about seven years ago right and they're real confused <laughs> about what yeah. to do with that just keep saying reverend Voorhees yeah. and just go on that's exactly Even though she's right. technically changed her name too but it's yeah. like it's all very complex it's it is um, so back to taxes um, this could really be kind of like the show that comes on after Petticoat Junction. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> well, that be, Hickory. Yeah, that would be great. Oh. It is, And that's what we love about it. I know. It's so funny. You know, it's funny. Uh, since we're talking about old Hickory, <laughs> you know, I've lived literally almost in every, not in every part of Nashville, but I grew up in West Nashville. Uh, when I came back from seminary, I served a church in Bellevue. Then I went to Antioch and spent about eight years in Antioch. And then I came to old Hickory. Uh, and I work in Madison now, I'm, but I've been around pretty much every neighborhood in Nashville. And this is the most different one of it. I always used to say that Nashville was not really a neighborhood city. It had a bunch of suburbs, uh, right. and, you know, because most of the places around Nashville don't have sidewalks. They don't have any sort of uh, c- connection. In they the were community. traditional bedroom community. I mean, they were. when Bellevue was built, by the way, there was uh, they were built in the early 80s. Yeah. In the late 70s. And I wasn't here yet in the late 70s, but in 1980, I moved here and they had bumper stickers mm-hmm. on all the cars of people that lived on the west side of town that said, I believe in Bellevue. Yeah, that's that right. required them like making Highway 70 wider and, and Old Hickory Boulevard was expanded. All kinds of things had to, infrastructure things happen so they could build, which now a huge, huge suburb. And, and if you um, said that three times and clicked your heels, you'd get Right. You know. was like one of my dearest, dearest friends at the time. She was the mom of one of my friends in college. And mm-hmm. we would go to her house and do laundry and hang out and eat right. her food and stuff. Right. And she was she was so funny. She just looked at me one day. And they, these bumper stickers were everywhere. Right. No, I remember and, them. And uh, Mrs. Broadhurst looked at me and she said, I don't believe in Bellevue. <laughs> <laughs> so hi this is brian from the uh being a podcast calling to report some sad news yes when we recorded this episode i was in charge of the technical aspects of its completion i failed so what would have inserted What have been inserted here is a rousing 10-minute conversation about the 37% property tax increase that was brought onto us by our fine mayor and city council. The conclusion was, oh, it's fine. Honestly, it's not even that much higher when you take everything into consideration. One day we may talk about it again, but I have deleted it all. Thank you for your patience, and thank you for listening to the BNA podcast. I'm Brian. Au revoir.